another hand back there? Oh, yes, excellent. Lots of new stuff as the school year starts, as new programs start, classes start. Maybe, maybe you're kind of, you know, you've been in holiday mode, but now it's business as usual at work. Regular life resumes. Do you know how critical the next few weeks are in terms of how your year will be shaped? The next few weeks, things you decide to do, maybe a class you decide to take or a course you sign up for or an exercise class or maybe some volunteering you agree to, leadership you take, different commitments you make or priorities, sports, ministry. These next few weeks are actually incredibly critical, whatever decisions you're making, and they'll impact the year ahead of you. They'll impact the year ahead of you for your family, for your relationships, for whether life's going to be insane, (laughs) crazy again, whether life's going to have a pace that makes sense, your own physical health. All these things are influenced often by decisions we make at the start of the year, things we decide to do or to not do. And so into that mix of choices and decisions that we're all making or thinking about, I want us to ask as a church this question. How are we, look around us, that's us here, how are we going to follow Jesus together this year? How are we going to do that? How will we follow Jesus together this year? How are we going to serve one another? How are we going to grow with each other. You know, last week we talked about our unique shape as a church, a shape that stands out in the world, that makes us identifiable. We talked about it even in the dark. As Jesus followers, we explored how we're shaped by three facts. We're shaped by the fact that we worship Jesus, that we love one another, and that we serve the world. Our passionate worship which we experienced again this morning, coming together as a community and worshiping Jesus together, our passionate worship, our unified love, where we say, you know what, we might disagree on some stuff, or we might even have some things that we are wrestling with, but we're committed to each other in love because Jesus has united us. Not because I feel a certain way about you, or we agree on all these issues, but because Jesus when he was on the cross, didn't only make us right with God, but he made us right with each other. He tore down the things that separate us. And so we're called to live in love for each other on the basis of the unity that Jesus has accomplished. Our passionate worship, our unified love, and our sacrificial service. And we talked about that. That's the way. That shape Jesus has given us is the way that Jesus has called us to bring light to the world, to be lights to the world. And helping people, as we say around here, helping people find and follow Jesus. And so, if Erickson, if the Erickson Covenant Church is your home, or if you're exploring what it means to follow Jesus, or maybe you're checking out this church, I encourage you, if you weren't here last week, to catch that message. It's available on our website. It's available through iTunes. Uh, but to listen to it, and if you don't have access to that kind of thing, we can burn a CD for you. But I, I encourage that, not because my speaking was great, but because I'd like us to be on the same page as we go into the fall, understanding who we are and who God has called us to be. So in light of that unique shape that Jesus has given us, the question is, how will we follow Jesus together this year? Practically speaking, like on the ground, what will this look like? You know, what's going to show up in your calendar? How is this going to affect the way you pray? 
who are you going to walk with in friendship this year? What's their name? But maybe when I ask that question, how, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. For some of us, at least. Maybe we can't ask that question yet. We can't get to the how because there's a more basic question that we have to ask. Before we can ask how we will follow Jesus together, at least some of us need to figure out why we would even do that. And so, let's bring that question right out in the open and examine it this morning. When I think about how I follow Jesus, I've got to ask the question, why do I need you anyway? Why do I need you? Why do you need me? Why do we need each other? I mean, you're nice to be around. Some of you are anyway. (laughs) And... It's, you know, I like you well enough, and it's nice to see you around, and nice to see you here, and shake your hand. But isn't following Jesus kind of a personal thing? You know, coming to church is fine. I put that in quotations. And, you know, as far as that goes, it's okay. But is it really essential to my life? I mean, isn't this just kind of a nice thing to get in on? Isn't it nice to have a kids' ministry that is happening for our kids and they can learn a few things about Jesus? But do we really need other Christians in order to follow Jesus? I mean, getting connected to Christians might be all right for some, but, but is it necessary? Because you don't know my life. You, know, you don't know my schedule. You don't know how busy I am. You don't know all the other things I'm committed to. You don't know how I've been burned in the past by some church way back when, or maybe last week, I don't know. You don't know that story. And so it's easy for you to say that you need each other, but you don't know me. I don't know if you've heard a variation of that from your friends or your family, maybe people in our community. I don't know if maybe you've wondered that yourself. Do I really need this? Do I really need others? And so we have to ask that question. Why do I need you anyway? Why do you need me? Well, let's see what the Bible says about it. In a classic passage in the book of Hebrews, uh, it's, it's uh, an anonymous letter, but a beautiful letter in the book of the Bible, in the Bible, and uh, it's in chapter 10, and I think it's printed on your bulletin. So, it, and it'll also be, um, well, later you'll see bits of it on the screen. But let's read it together. It's from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25. This is what it says. Remember, this is answering the question, why do I need you? Let us hold tightly, without wavering, to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Let's just take a quick moment, and I, I will try to keep this short today. Let's, try, let's just take a quick moment and examine how these three verses help us understand why we need each other. I think there's at least four reasons that come out of these verses. The first reason I need you is to hold tightly to hope. I need you to help me hold tight to hope. I don't know about you, but if I'm not around anyone, if I'm going it alone, if I'm isolated, if I'm so busy that I never have time to connect, 
with another Christian who's following Jesus, my hands get slippery on the rope, on the hope rope. My hands get slippery. I forget the larger picture. I, I get focused on my own difficulties. I get, I get sort of you know, deep into all the stuff that's going on, just kind of keeping all the plates spinning, keeping the kids fed, keep driving here, driving there, trying to focus on what's going on. I am experiencing maybe financial stress or, or, or I'm struggling with a miscommunication. I need you to help me hold on to hope. I need you to remind me of what really matters, what God has promised about us, about our lives, about what's going on. Because life has a way, an uncanny way, of sucking the hope right out of us. And hope is something we need each other for so that we can see in the midst of a difficulty, in the midst of an insurmountable obstacle, in the midst of some kind of struggle, that there is a God who has promised to be with us, to walk with us, to never leave us and forsake us. And I don't know about you, but if I'm alone in that struggle, it's very easy for me to lose hope. You know, the people that I talk to on a weekly level, it's often the case that they're losing hope and you find out that in the midst of that loss of hope or in the midst of that struggle or in the midst of wondering what's going on and how do I keep a grip, you find out that often, often they've become very isolated from others who would help them hold on to hope. They're struggling in the marriage, they isolate themselves. They're struggling with faith, they pull away. they're struggling, trying to figure out a direction in life, and they find out that they're they're just not sure, and so they they tend to be isolated. We know that that's true in a variety of struggles that we can have, that what we need is to kind of go counter to our inclination to hole up, to hermit, to be alone. Because we need each other to hold on to hope. I need you to help me hold on to hope. That's the first reason. The second one, is to motivate creatively. That I need you to motivate me in creative ways to continue to do and to be what Jesus has called me to do and to be. I love this idea of motivating creatively because I like it because it's not just a generic idea. Go, you know, go and do. Go, you know, be the people. But rather, it's someone who knows me well enough that they know my gifts, they know my passions, they know kind of what makes me tick. They know what ticks me off. They, they know me well enough that they can get around my defenses. They can remind me of times in the past where God has been faithful and answered the prayer. They can motivate me creatively because they can say, hey, you know what? I, I thought of this. This might really connect with your situation. Someone who knows what I'm wrestling with. Someone who's walked with me and can motivate me in creative ways. Not generic ways, but real ways. They can look me in the eyes and they can say, I know who Jesus has shaped you to be. I can see the gifts he's given you. And you can go for it. Third one that this verse talks about, these verses talk about, is connecting regularly. That I need you to stay connected to me. So we can grow in friendship. So we can walk together. So we can follow Jesus together. And what this reminds me of is that the way we schedule our lives really matters. I know that some of us especially, we hold on dearly to this idea that a real friendship and a true friendship, that following Jesus together should somehow just happen organically. That if I was to put it into schedule and plan it, that would be weird. 
But you know what? Anyone who's been married for any number of years knows if you don't schedule a date night with your wife, how often does it happen? Yeah. So scheduling really matters. And what we realize is that for the, for the very relationships that we really want to see grow, we need to take practical action to connect regularly. And when I think about why I need you in my life, I need you to step up and connect with me regularly as I need to step up and connect with you regularly. That that regular connection of actually gathering to worship like this. Hey, we meet at 10.30 Sunday mornings. Not haphazardly, but we do it week in and week out. We meet to gather to worship. We connect regularly. Meeting to study and, and pray regularly. Just, just having it in our minds, writing ourselves notes to call someone regularly, to email someone, to connect regularly. I need that, and you do too. And the fourth thing that this highlights is to encourage intentionally. Now, it kind of covers all of this, but I think specifically recognizing that I need your encouragement. You need my encouragement to keep following Jesus, and living as he wants. This is an active kind of encouragement, a type of encouragement that says, I'm here to bear the burden with you that you're experiencing. I'm here to pray with you. I'm here actually because God has given me gifts to offer you. We've talked in the past about the fact that uh, when you're a follower of Jesus, God gives us spiritual gifts. And those spiritual gifts are for one purpose, to build up the church, to help the church grow, to help other Christians grow. That's why you were given gifts. And so to encourage one another, we recognize I've been given gifts and you've been given gifts and together we're able to encourage one another to keep following Jesus. So those four things. To hold tightly to hope. To, uh, what a, now I, now I gotta look at my list. Hold tightly to hope. What's the second one? Motivate creatively. Connect regularly. And encourage intentionally. These are the four things that I think these verses bring out that say, why do I need you? Why do you need me? But there's one of them. Can you go to the next slide, Owen? There's one of them that stands out to me. That in order to hold tightly, in order to motivate creatively, and in order to encourage intentionally, it's number three. We have to connect regularly. This one stood out to me because I realized that unless that happens... I can't motivate you creatively if I haven't seen you for three months. And I don't know that your mom died. Or I don't know that you've split up from your husband. Or I don't know what's going on in, in, your, in, your, in the life of your kids. I can't motivate you creatively. I can't help you hold on tight to hope if I haven't even had a conversation with you for five months. I can't. I can't really use my gifts to encourage you if I never see you. And I realized that there's a, that one of these four support the rest in particular. And that is connecting regularly. And I realized as I thought about this, that this is true. That if we don't connect as God directed, we won't grow as God intended. It's just true. Because we need each other, if we don't regularly connect with each other, we simply won't grow the way that God wants us to. We won't be able to help each other. I mean, it's not just about us, right? It's about our ability to give back. But we won't grow as a community. We won't grow as families. We won't grow in our, in our life with Jesus unless we are committed to connecting with each other regularly. It's the way that God designed it. Because he designed us not to follow him alone, but to follow him together. And so the question I have for us is how will we do that this year? Practically speaking, how will that look in your life? 
How will you do this? What will you put in your calendar this year? What will you front load your days with, your weeks with, your months with? So that the important things, the necessary things of connecting with each other, of following Jesus together, so that these things actually happen here at the start of the year where things are piling in and you're trying to decide, am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? Am I going to put this in my calendar? What am I going to do? How are you going to make sure that you are following Jesus, that we are following Jesus together? How will that actually happen? Who are you going to walk with? Maybe literally go for a walk with on a regular basis. Or maybe figuratively, who are you going to walk with spiritually? Who are you going to mentor and coach? Is there a youth you want to get closer to? Is there, is there uh, some uh, you know, older married couple that you would like to receive mentoring from? Or vice versa. Maybe, maybe you as a, an older couple who have journeyed through difficulty would like to come alongside some younger couples and walk with them in their marriage and encourage them. This is super important because what you actually schedule, what you decide, even in the next few weeks, what's going to be part of your life is what's actually going to then happen and shape the year. Don't neglect this question of how we'll walk together. Don't be more guilty of planning out a school year or an exercise calendar or a meal plan, as important as those things are, and not asking the question, how am I going to walk with some brothers and sisters this year? How am I going to use my gifts to build up others? How am I going to encourage others intentionally? How am I going to motivate my brothers and sisters creatively? How are we going to walk together? So what's that going to look like for you, practically? Well, I'm going to offer one simple application today. I don't very often do this. I don't very often give you an application that I really, truly want all of you to do. I usually am a little bit softer than that, right? I I allow a few of you the loopholes you need to jump out of. But this morning, I want to offer one simple application that I hope all of us will take seriously. And that is this. That here in the fall, you would sign up today for a connect group. In your bulletins, there was a slip. And there's more at the back. This fall, we're offering at least five. There might be a few more that emerge. At least five connect groups we're offering this fall at, a very, at various times and locations. We're all going to study the same thing. It's only for nine weeks. It starts the first um, week of October and ends the first week of December. All these groups have leaders and facilitators and hosts. And what we're going to be doing as a congregation is for nine weeks, we're going to travel through the same Material. Now, in February, when we launch another set of groups, we'll be doing a whole variety of different things. But for the fall, for October, November, and into the first week of December, we're going to study together seven messages that Jesus wants everyone to hear. It's actually the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3. Because we're going to be going through, next week, who's ready? We're going to be going through the book of Revelation over this year. And I know some of you already feel fear over that. Don't be afraid. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so exciting. And it'll enhance our experience as we gather Sunday morning to know that we're also gathering throughout the week to wrestle through, in particular, Revelation 2 and 3. There's seven messages that Jesus gives to seven churches, but it's intended for all the church to hear. 
And we'll be gathering together to meet one another, meet some new friends, connect with one another, but also to begin to grapple with some of the questions that Jesus is asking us as a church and as Jesus followers. And if you're just exploring who Jesus is and you're not sure, you're going to enjoy these groups too. They're going to have a lot of interesting uh, people to meet, a lot of interesting things discussed. So that's the practical response today that we want you to seriously consider. The groups you'll be, will be available to sign up today. You can sign up online. You can sign up over the next few weeks. But I want to encourage you and challenge you today. Not because, you know what, I, I didn't want to say this, but I'm just going to say it. Some of you are thinking, you're not right. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I know who some of you are. Some of you, everything I just said just glanced off your forehead. How many of you are shifting, squirming a little bit right now in your seat? Actually, I really want you to take a serious look at this. For your sake, for the sake of the people who are in this room and others who are part of this community. Because it's one of the ways, it's not the only way, but it's one of the ways that we can commit to connecting regularly. And I believe that as we commit to that, we'll see real growth in our lives and in our community. And so that's the practical challenge I have for us today. The reality is, I need you to help me follow Jesus. And you need me to help you follow Jesus. We need each other. It's true. It's the way God made it. But it's also an awesome adventure to do that together. If we decide, as a community, we are going to commit to walking together, following Jesus together. You can fill out your slips today and hand them in at the table. I think Mimi and maybe staff are going to be at that table, and they'll answer other questions you may have about Connect Groups starting the first week of October. But that's it for today. Let me pray. Jesus, I'm thankful that you have called us to follow you together, that we are not asked to walk alone. We don't need to walk alone And also, we're able to help one another. Sometimes through struggles, sometimes through triumphs, sometimes through confusion. But together, becoming your people who truly serve this world with the love that you've given us, in the unity you've accomplished, drawing others into your community so that more and more voices, more and more people, men and women and children, are worshiping you who is worthy of all worship. We're thankful to be part of this community. And I ask today that each one of us would be able to answer the question, how are we going to follow Jesus this year? I pray that our groups will fill. I pray that this will be a successful fall as people grow in their understanding of who you are as they grow in friendship with one another. Thank you for this time we've had together today. We bless you. In your name we pray. Amen.